0: What's up motherfuckers happy thanksgiving welcome back to the uh run your mouth podcast blasting some heavy metal because uh i'm recording in the middle of the day and why not piss off some of my neighbors um so what's up everybody i know i promised you guys a sunday episode but i didn't realize that my roommate wasn't gonna leave the apartment all weekend and then uh you know i told you guys that we would do a, a thanksgiving episode but then i realized that uh shit i'd have to haul all my equipment back home and actually get in touch with the OSAFE, who, by the way, we we should be protesting that guy not showing up to work. I mean, talk about being the professional protester and taking on stance on things that are upsetting. This motherfucker can't coordinate a schedule. It's unbelievable. Um, So I'm getting this done before I uh, leave to Connecticut. I'm going to put it out today so that uh, hopefully maybe some of you guys will be traveling and You'll be like, "Fuck! I'm fucking bored. I'm sitting here. I'm waiting for this fucking plane." I don't know if other people are as angry as I am. (laughs) Kind of projecting the way that I would sit in an airport on you. Uh, So here, here's a pre uh, pre pre-holiday recording for for your travels. Maybe we'll get a post-holiday recording going. And um, basically, what I have is a backlog of some news stories from the other week. Um, So these are a little bit. I mean, they're not like super dated, and I think there's still uh, relevant information in them. Otherwise, I wouldn't run my mouth about it. You guys know that. We're all on the same team here. Um, So the first thing I was thinking is, you know... Both Jared Kushner and uh, Sessions and Al Franken and all these guys, they keep saying, hey, I, I don't recall that. And, and you hear that on the news and you're like, ah, these guys are full of shit. They recall everything. And then I sit down with my friend Christine Meehan, who apparently had an incident that I was there for, and I have zero memory of whatsoever. Um, and I, I I wish I did remember because, I, I mean, I should be following up with that hot friend she had. I don't care if it's two years later. A lead's a lead, you motherfuckers. <laughs> but, uh... This is why I'm realizing if we got any kids out there who are listening to this podcast, who are uh, thinking about getting into politics, um, I'm going to recommend, I'm going to go out there, I'm going to say this, but if you're going to get into politics, you should drink a lot, a lot of booze. That way, you know, you never have to lie. You, You can really honestly say, I don't recall of that. Like, was that in year 2012? I don't remember anything from that whole year. You're gonna, we're gonna have to go back to 2011. That was the last time I was sober. (laughs) Past that, it's unclear. All right, let's, uh, let's move forward to the next thing I wanted to talk about, which is, of course, Trump's adventures abroad. Um, Give me one second. All right, there. Boosted boosted my sound levels a little bit so I can hear myself. I don't have to yell as much into the hallway. I would love, maybe we could do an episode where I interview my neighbors about what they think about my recording habits. Because it's a, this isn't that bad, but you like there have been some Saturday nights where I recorded a newsroom and it's like just a whole lot of takes of me yelling. I, I can't imagine. Like if I was my neighbor, I would just open up my front door and almost like sit there with a lawn chair and a beer just like, half disgusted, half intrigued super judgmental. I would judge the fuck out of that. But anyways, okay, we're tangent. I don't know why we're going on a tangent. I'm trying to get through all these news stories that I've skipped from the last 2 weeks. Um so one of the things I want to talk about is Trump abroad. So you got Trump, he's going to all these countries and he's like, "Yeah, look at me. I'm I'm creating all these business opportunities for people." And It's such a fucking racket. Like, there's no more opportunity for me to go sell stuff in China or Japan or to start a new business. It's like the largest companies in America, Caterpillar and Boeing, like the largest companies were represented by Trump. And it's like, you know, yippee. And then what I'm finding to be kind of the most entertaining about this situation is you basically got Trump going over there. And he's like poking North Korea with a stick like it's a bear. It's like, ah, you fat idiot, you rocket man, you dirty haircut motherfucker. You're testing us with the bomb and he's poking it. And then Japan's over there like, whoa, 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 like that's our neighbor. Quit pissing off our neighbor. And then we come over to Japan and we're like, hey, listen, Japan, we got your back. We're good people. If you want to buy some military gear from us so that you know that you're safe and protected, we'll sell it to you. I'm looking out for you, Japan. I got your back. <laughs> and but there's been like big, they're doing the same thing with Russia and Iran. Like, um, like even I think in Switzerland, they were spending a whole shit ton of money on some like missile defense system, which is kind of funny to like be provoking these little problems. But we're like, oh, you mean the, the guys that were pissing off, that's a problem for you? Well, don't worry, we got the solution here. You just uh, come back to us. We'll sell you a couple of missiles, no problem. All right, now this story is super dated, but it is so deep. It's got so much wisdom in it. How could I possibly skip this story for you, my listeners, which is um, the Hillary Clinton story about her taking over the DNC prior to having won the thing and fucking over Bernie Sanders. And here's the irony that I want to get into. Bernie Sanders, he's the he's the guy who, um, like, I'm over here and I'm almost like the whole world's having a party and I'm the one going, hey, guys, you're going to have a hangover tomorrow. And everyone's like, hey, we're trying to have a party over here. And that, that, that's who I am. I'm walking around. I'm going, guys, we're spending a shit ton of money. We're piling on the debt. I don't think this is smart. I'm like the guy who's like, hey, the, the sky is falling kind of person. And everyone's like, dude, we're just trying to have fun. We're just trying to enjoy our free health care. We're, uh, we're just trying to have our good government job. I'm just trying to work my union job, get paid really well. And I'm the guy who's like, dude, we're going to have to pay for this eventually. And no one wants to think about that. And Bernie Sanders is one of the guys who's like, uh, he's just, you know, whatever you need, I got you. I'm, I'm the old Jewish guy. Uh, the 10 you're gonna pay for everything. We're all gonna have homework because I'm Bernie Sanders, and everyone should have the free stuff that they need the health care. I'll get you the health care, I'll get you the, the government, they'll get you the better school, they'll get you the better uh, whatever you need. The government will take care of it. And he's the guy who's like, don't you worry about that debt, government's gonna take care of it. So, what really happened behind the scenes with this uh Hillary Clinton thing is the DNC was broke, which is crazy to me that Obama got to spend, like, he ruined his own business, like, he's in the DNC business, and he spent money that they didn't have, that they're paying down from Obama, so Hillary Clinton, which seems like a violation of campaign finance laws, because I remember, um, why am I so fucking bad with names, because it's early in the morning, and I drank last night, Nah, that's not it, um, the mayor from, uh, from New York, you guys know I'm talking about the big guy, kind of looks like a cartoon dinosaur, uh, Whatever. I literally have a computer in front of me. I could have looked it up in the same amount of time. I just stuttered for no reason. Um, He got in trouble for the same thing where he colluded... You can't give that much money directly to a person. So he colluded that they were going to give it to, like, um, not a super PAC, but basically like the party. And then the party was going to filter it to him. So she did the same thing. You got the DNC. It's totally broke. So Hillary Clinton comes along and she goes, Well, listen, I know that you guys are broke. I got all these donors who would give money to me, but they can only give, I, I don't know what you can give as an individual, but um, like uh, to the party, you can give significantly more money. Man, I should have looked up this story again in my head. It was either like 30 grand or like 400 grand. <laughs> which is quite a difference. But the point is you can give a lot more money to the DNC than you can give to Hillary Clinton. So she said, listen, the party's broke. Why don't you like just promise me that this money is gonna get filtered directly to me and then I'll get my donors to give significantly more money to the party to get us out of this situation. Um, so to me, that's probably a violation of campaign finance laws, but it's also funny that Bernie Sanders is walking around going, hey, debt doesn't cause any problems. And then he literally gets fucked over because of debt. And um, I think it's a lesson to all of us. I've said it before, one of the evils in the world is that we're all just doing our jobs. And let me tell you something, when uh, having debt, that's when people start doing shitty things. Because then you're owned. You're not a free person. You, like that, That's when you really walk around stressed out and, uh, you know, kind of will just do crummy things to get out of a hole. So why, why get into the hole? And that's why, you know, I'm out here saying let's be a little bit more careful about debt. All right, that's the end of that topic. But guess what? I got more news for you. So, I was reading in the Business Insider that they found out that Russia used Twitter accounts to meddle in Brexit, and so they're all over this. Oh, the Russians are all, la, la, la. and um, I'm fine. I'm taking this as being an inspiring story because what the Ru- I-, I might have already done this fucking joke on the podcast. If I did, I apologize. Um we need a uh, we need some interns to to go hey you already did this and I just stepped on my own line. Let's start this from the beginning. Out in the UK, you got Brexit and they're going, "Hey, the Russians they, they use Twitter to to meddle with the with the Brexit and convince people that uh, it was a good idea." And my take is like, you know, we all have access to Twitter. If that's the big thing that the most evil enemy is using to to f- fuck with us, like great. I'm pretty sure we can fight back. It's not like nuclear bombs or some major government thing that none of us could have the resources to acquire. Like, this sounds like an inspiring path to freedom that if people are seriously using Twitter to completely convince all the world about things that aren't in their best interest... Like I'm pretty sure maybe we can get some smart libertarians on Twitter. Like l- let's figure that out. That doesn't seem like something that is unattainable. But then the other thing I was thinking about with uh, all of these, you know, yellings about the Russians and their Twitter usage, like so I-, I think in this story they were talking about that the Russians had 200 bots. Well, you don't hear about all the bots that every other interest has going. You know, what I mean, like we keep hearing about how Russia had all these ads on Facebook, but how many like it could be that Hillary Clinton had 10 to 1 ads of what the Russians had going on Facebook and it was actually a very small number. In other words, there's no scale here. Not that I understand statistics, but there's no scale. Like we keep just hearing about the Russian bots. But OK, if there were 200 Russian bots and the um, you know, British government had 10 million bots on Twitter, well, then all right, they had 200 bots. Doesn't really sound like that should have been that effective. It's a thought for you. I haven't heard anyone else put that out in the news, and that's what you come here for. Next, a lot of talk about the GOP and their tax code. I saw this headline that said, GOP bets on a simpler tax code, and I looked at that and thought, well, if you guys simplify this, what are people like me going to claim for why we're not paying it? (laughs) This isn't helpful at all. I need some plausible uh, deniability, which, of course, I'm kidding. I always pay my taxes um, Cause I'm too afraid of government not to, so I always pay it just about four years late. Um, and you know why? Cause if any time in life someone gives me an extension, I'm gonna take it. Like that's on them. You know, don't don't be uh, don't be a bunch of pussies and offer me an extension. Cause if not, if you do, you know, I'm gonna hand in that paper three semesters late. Um, which I've done. I'm just kidding. Government, you're not leaning at all, and I don't owe you any money. So don't don't listen to my podcast. All right, I got more news stories, people. I got more for you, but before I do that, I wanna I wanna plug um, help improve the show. You guys you guys listen to this. I'm available, Rob'snewsroom at gmail.com, or you could just show up to uh to my humble abode in the afternoons. Um, I'm I'm over in uh in, in Astoria. I live on Steinway Street. If you email me on Rob'snewsroom at gmail.com, I'll we'll give you more information than that. And that's basically gonna be a one time offer. And I'll make some quesadillas, dude. My quesadilla game's off the hook, but we'll save that conversation for when we actually get Yo Safe back on air. We can talk about what I've done to up my quesadilla game because it is it is top class. I wanna I wanna go compete if there's like a quesadilla contest somewhere. But we can make that a class trip for the podcast. <laughs> make some make some competitive quesadillas. But anyways, um, I'm getting a lot of my source material from the Wall Street Journal because uh, that's one of the few. Uh, things that I find informative and enjoy to read. They're not a sponsor. I'm not plugging the Wall Street Journal. Don't read it because then you know, you'd know you have less of a reason to listen to this podcast. But uh, if you guys are coming across interesting news stories during your week, something that you think the show would benefit from or find interesting, we don't have producers over here. I can't read every news story. Email it over my way, robsnewsroom at gmail.com. On the same note, I'm trying to find more um, places to... I guess be finding news stories from to be getting um, a bigger picture. So I've been reading. I hate it, but I read the Times on my app a little bit. I like reading Week magazine. Um, I'd really like to get a, a subscription to Foreign Affairs again. I like that a lot. But if you guys um, just have any like good news sources of people you think are good writers or creating good information, things that could help me educate myself and also make the podcast better. So you know, send me an email newsroom at gmail.com, show up to my apartment, eat some quesadillas, and um, okay, I feel like we uh, we covered that. So, the next thing I wanted to talk about is I read an article in the journal, once again, with the headline, Household Debt Hits a New High. Now, I have, um, if you've ever watched Rob's Newsroom, on the inside of my closet, I got these two charts, I got these lovely little diagrams, maybe I'll put it up uh, in the show's description, but What these two diagrams to me show really well is how fictional the prosperity is in this country, where if you look at the overall debt charts of the U.S. government, and then you also look at U.S. household wealth, they seem to be the exact same chart. It seems to me like a lot of the just wealth that we have in the country is actually just kind of like debt that's been filtered down. So, for example, like the housing market... Freddie Mae, Freddie Mac government is just pumping money into this market. So all of a sudden, it seems like, oh, wow, there's such demand for, you know, households. And then people are spending all this money. But it's not, I don't know, it's not like manufacturing. It's not like we went out and sold things and grew the economy. We just somehow got people to either create or lend money that got filtered into the system to make it seem like it was healthier than it was. This shit is all over my head. But on that note, I read an article about the fact that debt's at like an all-time high level when at the same point, I guess, since like... 2008. We've supposedly been in some sort of a recovery, and I remember last year, um, I was reading that uh, that household like debt, like on mortgages and stuff, was at the same as the pre-crash levels. I don't know. Happy Thanksgiving. Just some shit to scare the fuck out of you. And here, here, okay, here I'll read two paragraphs from it. You should actually go read the article because it was a little bit more positive than the spin I'm putting on it. But just some of these numbers, like, just seemed pretty crazy. So. You know, like I said, I'm the guy who's who I'm um, trying to ruin the party here for everybody. Throw a little common sense uh, into the world. The Federal Reserve Bank of New York said Tuesday that household debt totaled 12.95 trillion last quarter, up 0.9 percent from the spring for a 13th straight quarterly increase, which of course doesn't include for inflation but the fed's all like, hey we're not seeing any inflation that's why we got to print more money um, And then here this was from the end end of the article student loans rose by 13 trillion to 1.3 I mean 13 billion to 1.357 trillion. there you go. There's all the money that's out in the world. All right, next topic, global warming. I'm here to say it. I think it's a crock of shit. Now I don't know about that. No one should be able to pollute. It's a private property issue. Go read Murray, uh, Murray Rothbard's for a new liberty. He'll tell you about how all of that's about private property. And if you're destroying something that destroys someone else's property, you should have to fucking pay him for it. And that's why everything should be owned by private individuals. We don't need to talk about all that. I want to talk about fucking global warming. I, I just, I can't prove it to you, but in my own crazy brain i I think for some reason some people are trying to profit off it like fucking al gore puts out that movie and he gets a nobel peace prize meanwhile he's the person who somehow angled government that he'll make the most money if they switch over to the carbon credit system so there's definitely money to money to be made and then you also got to do some research about how much uh you know fossil fuels do to help people in third world countries and actually spur economic development and uh you just start getting nervous as to why people are so anti-fossil fuels now, with that being said, I read an article in National Geographic that Antarctica was once covered in forests and that they just found one that was fossilized. And you read that and you're like, alright, the world fucking changed a lot of times before and after we'll ever be here. Like, not to say that maybe we're not, uh, you know, um, throwing some extra ingredients into the, into the pie. I don't know if that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> the point being forget forget that that comment the point be this is why i need you here to kind of cover up those little things that make absolutely no sense um but the point being the world's changing a whole bunch i don't know that we have that big of an influence and then Every single week, I'm reading about some new technology that people are creating that seems to be combating this supposed problem. So, I read an article last week about climate's magic rabbit pulling CO2 out of thin air, where the scientists are working on this thing where it literally pulls CO2 right out of thin air, and then they put it into a greenhouse, and then you know the the, the vegetables and shit grow like you, they're on steroids because you're pumping the CO2 directly into them, and CO2 that's like. That's like heroin for plants, except like a healthy heroin. Like They they love it, but it helps them grow faster. It's a pretty great time if you're a plant and people are dumping CO2 all over you, I think. I don't really know the way that works. The point being is if uh, countries don't go to war with each other and we don't nuke each other, I'm pretty sure the super smart scientists will figure out a way out of this global warming problem. So the point is, this is a win for the free market and uh, a burn on the state so go fuck yourselves. And on that point, I want to read this article, also from the journal, sorry, um, by Lee... Oh. Okay, guys, welcome back to the podcast. I just knocked my recorder right off the table. Unbelievable. This is this is why I need Joseph here. Look, everything's turning into a big old mess. So I want to read this article in the Wall Street Journal. It's one of the better things that I read that so encompasses, you know, I guess the free market philosophy. So... Here we go. In 50 years, every street in London will be buried under nine feet of manure. With this 1894 prediction, the London Times warned that the era's primary source of transportation energy, the horse, would soon create an environmental crisis. In New York City, about 100,000 working horses produced roughly 2.5 million pounds of manure a day. Residents were exposed not only to the stench, but to biohazards like anthrax. One commentator estimated in 1908 that roughly 200,000 New Yorkers died each year from diseases related to horse waste. Which by the way, I always knew that fucking horse waste could and could could not be like <clears throat> sanitary, because New York City you still got the cops that go around on the horses, they shit all over the place sometimes I'm in my skateboard, you're going down a hill road and there's like a big old fucking clump of manure, you gotta dodge it, other times I've gone right through and you're like, motherfucker, you gotta go clean off your skateboard, it's disgusting and cops, like, you can't just go take your dog outside and have it shit in the street and horses make like nine times more shit than dog shit, and apparently I like, dog shit, in, I mean maybe dog shit's worse for you, but horse shit's not healthy, sorry, that was a tangent fuck the cops, I didn't mean that Um, (laughs) you never know what they're listening to, guys. All right. But the the deluge, uh, I don't know how to pronounce that word. Once again, we could have used the But the deluge of dung predicted by the times never arrived. Instead, the free market solved the problem in roughly 25 years while creating new goods and industries that transform society. The enormous demand for a cleaner, more efficient source of energy led to remarkable innovations in the internal combustion engine. By 1920, horses and cities had been almost entirely replaced by, re- by affordable autos and trucks. The revolution was not driven by government. In fact, the transition away from horses would have taken longer if states had followed today's policy of subsidizing specific energy sources. Since the 1970s, politicians have artificially pushed resources into renewable energy. Today, the solar industry employs nearly 400,000 workers. That sounds impressive, but accounts for only 1% of America's electricity production. Suppose the government in the 1890s, desperate to replace the horse, had jumped on the first available alternative, the steam engine. Heavy subsidies would have uh, would have produced more steam engines and more research on steam technology. This would only have waylaid the development of the far superior far superior internal combustion engine. There you go. Oh, here, last line. The lesson is: governments are in no position to predict technological breakthroughs, and their attempts to do so can delay innovations by entrenching inferior technologies. Boom. There you go. So, um, a little, uh, a little, you know, a little piece on global warming. And now, I want to continue, and I, I saw two stories that kind of highlight, um, also from the Wall Street Journal, but two stories that kind of really highlight some of the inefficiencies, inefficiencies of government. So, first one is, if you listen to part of the problem, I mentioned this last week on this past week's episode, but I read that $143,000 a year are being spent in New York City. On um, keeping people in prison, which is fucking one hundred forty-three thousand dollars a year. Like, I, I that, that blows my mind. I mean, just the the, the cost efficiencies of what it takes to put someone in, in a prison. That should like that doesn't sound like something that should even be expensive. But then here was another one that scared the fuck out of me. New York City's public um, housing authority submitted documentation showing it was in compliance with federal inspection requirements for lead paint, even though the agency hadn't conducted the required inspections in four years. The DOI found that the New York City's housing authority failed to do critical lead safety inspections and then falsely certified that they were meeting these legal requirements. And um, we've said this before, but there's nothing worse in the world than when someone goes, hey, I got you, and they don't. It's the old example, I've said it a million times, but it's like you go to your picnic and the buddy goes, hey, I'm taking care of the booze. And then he fucks it up and then goes, well, I need more money next year. That's what government keeps doing. They keep saying, hey, I got you. And then they don't have us. They can't fucking do the jobs. And then, you know, and then you got places with lead paint where supposedly the government came in and said, all right, there's no lead paint in here. And let me tell you, if these people didn't go, hey, we've got the situation under control, we would figure it out. And I want to go a little bit further on that. There was an article um, in the Post this week. So look, finally, something that's not from the Wall Street Journal. But this chick, she gets punched in the face on a subway. And then she goes to a cop precinct to report it. And then they told her, which is hilarious. I, I get I get where this cop's coming from. The cop goes, hey, you got to report that in Brooklyn. You're not able, that's where the incident happens. You got to go to Brooklyn to report it. And guess what? That's not true. <laughs> Lazy ass fucking cop. Some woman comes in and he's just like, oh shit, am I going to have to do my job here i don't want to do. I, oh fuck paperwork Are you kidding me well and so he goes this is a bureaucracy you know we're not just here to help people we gotta help the right people from the right precinct who got injured in the right place and that's not this situation so you're gonna have to go down to brooklyn so she calls the place in brooklyn and they're like yeah, yeah you can report that anywhere that's not true so then finally she posts the incident online and then since it gets some traction, the police, you know, then they reach out to her like, oh, we're so sorry that you had the runaround. We're going to go and try and find this guy, blah, 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 blah. So here I am with the Thanksgiving solution for how we fix America. And uh, you know what? I'm not just running my mouth on this. If some people want to maybe band together and see how we can get this idea off the ground, I'm fucking game to do it. But I'm thinking it's, um, it- it's spiteful, but we create a website called thegoodsamaritan.com or thegoodsamaritan.org and uh, people post their problems and then other people who want to feel good about themselves and do some volunteer work just fix their problems. (laughs) That way, you know, we can have a written track record online of, hey, we don't need government to solve shit. Like, you can go, hey, someone slashed my tires and maybe some retired detective can be like, oh, I'm bored as fuck, I'm sitting on my couches, I haven't shaken down any kids for a little while, let me go out there, figure out who did this crime to you. You know? Or it's like, hey, I I um, I just, I don't have money, and I don't have three teeth, and some dentist goes, you know what? I haven't really done any charity for a little while. I'll go take care of that for you. And goodsamaritan.com, and that way, you know, just we'll just solve our own problems. Like, we'll, we'll continue to pay our taxes. It's almost like civil disobedience or something like that. We're not going to protest the government. We're not going to go fight with it. We're not going to do any of that. We're just going to start to prove to them that... If given the opportunity to have more of our own resources that we go out and earn, we can make the world a better place. We don't need them to do it. It's a, it's completely out of spite. And I feel like spite's a good tool for getting people off their couches to to help people. So if you want to join me in this spiteful revolution where we go to help people just out of spite for government not helping people <laughs> to prove to them that we don't need them, that we don't need to be giving them you know a quarter of, or more of our paychecks to supposedly solve things... So I say we get started on um thegoodsamaritan.org. Maybe I can even register the domain name. Maybe it starts maybe it starts small. Maybe I start that right here on my block. And if someone's got an issue, maybe I like once a week and we could all maybe devote a, a little bit of time to it. Maybe we can get that off the ground. Maybe that could be a an interesting project to take the run your mouth from screaming about nonsense into a microphone into uh actually starting to to improve this but oh my I'm so lazy. Can someone who's not lazy like, all right, well, we'll be in touch. Come over for quesadillas. We can we can discuss how to get this off the ground. newsroom at gmail.com. People, enjoy your Thanksgiving. Get fucking hammered. Enjoy the family. Maybe we'll put out a, one with Yussel. I don't know, because I'm probably not going to bring the recorders home. But we'll, we'll see. Who knows? All right, later.